Greetings and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. You're listening to episode number 440. That's right. Canva content that actually converts. I had a stellar conversation with Amber of A Creative Co. We connected, we found each other on TikTok, and now I think we're going to be besties for life, as you can tell from this podcast episode. We talked about content, we talked about strategy, we talked about analytics, we talked about creating actual content for your business that converts followers into clients so you can make more money and actually spend probably less time online figuring out what the heck you're supposed to post. Enjoy the episode. Don't forget to follow her on TikTok and Instagram. She lists them at the end of the episode as well. Um, but let me know what you learned by sharing it on social too and tag us because we'd love to see your beautiful faces. Enjoy. Kiss my aesthetic. Branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I am your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co., where we build bragworthy brands for social media minded entrepreneurs. And you are in the right spot for branding, marketing, entrepreneurship advice that you can apply in your own business to better reach your ideal client online. Let's get to today's episode. And welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Today we have a super special guest, Amber Romero of A Creative Co. We just went live on Instagram and we're going to try to talk <laughs> not 500 miles an hour because we both, our pupils got about this large and we were so excited to share all of our tips with you guys because we really do speak the same language. I feel like I found a soul sister here. So Amber, thanks for joining us. Of course. Thank you guys for having me. Yay. For anyone who doesn't know you yet or hasn't stumbled across your TikTok, which I don't know how, who are you? What do you do? Who do you help? Give us the rundown. Yes. So again, my name is Amber Romero of A Creative Co. And I own a social media agency, more of like that boutique style. So I love working with uh, women entrepreneurs in the creative industry. So photographers, organizers, things like that. Um, And yeah, of course, I am kind of known as the Canva lady on TikTok. (laughs) So if you haven't come across my videos, maybe you will in the future. (laughs) I mean, there's worse things to be known as, right? I kind of am getting the, the yellow Michelle nickname between the TikTok and club house and all these places. Um, But we met on TikTok first and you have this great series of videos with this very convincing hook of Canva tips, tricks, and hacks you need to know about or you didn't know about to make your Canva game even better, which everyone who listens to the podcast knows that I love Canva so much as a designer, which is kind of a faux pas. We can talk about that as well. Yes. I was going to say, I love finding a designer who is cool with Canva. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and maybe we'll kick it off with this. The analogy that I use to describe Canva is if the Adobe creative suite is a Michelin star kitchen and Canva is like some pre-mixed kind of recipes in there. You've got like some cake boxes. You've got maybe um, a smaller oven that doesn't have all the bells and whistles and and a hot plate and a microwave and all these things. Um, Which one makes you a better chef? Again, like it's going to depend on your skill. Like the tools don't make the professional. Um, It's about that design kind of stuff. So we talked about on the Instagram portion, how the templates are kind of like these pre-made meal kits uh, that you're going to try to make into your flavor to then present. So explain Canva to someone who's maybe never used it before. 
Yeah. So, and again, I kind of come from a similar background, like I had a photography background. And so I was used to some of the Adobe suite as well. But what it is, is it's a way of creating, Canva is a way of creating visual content. Uh, Obviously, specifically, we're talking to small business owners and it's a way to easily and quickly create some kind of valuable content to present to your audience, you know, without having to always bring in a designer because not all of us can afford one for every little piece of content. Yes, for the big projects, absolutely. Uh, But it's an easy way for anybody to kick out some kick-ass content. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I think too, it's great for small business owners, like we said, And most of my clients, actually all my clients now, we set up their brand kit on Canva, which I know you're a big fan of, uh, because clients like mine and like yours, they, they want to be able to create high quality visuals. But like you said, they're not going to pay for every single Instagram post or stories or real template because that's just not feasible for them. But Canva allows them to kind of DIY some stuff. You've got great suggestions with Canva. Uh, We talk about Canva and using it for all those aspects within Instagram. What's something that you think uh, is like, what was your biggest like mind blown about what you could do with Canva? Yeah. So for me, there's like two things that definitely come to mind. Um, And this kind of leads into like what I do for my clients is I really do set up a very robust evergreen content system inside of Canva. So the organization, all of your visual assets can live in Canva. So you're not having to pull from Dropbox or all these other places. Uh, You can really have a content machine all inside of Canva, you know, organizing it by These are Instagram feed posts. These are Instagram stories. These are X, Y, and Z, whatever you need to create. Plus, if you upgrade to pro and I need Canva to give me an affiliate link because the amount of times I've probably sold a pro account, I've been trying to work on it with them. Uh, It's not available yet. Um, But when you upgrade to the pro account, you get access to all of their pro visual assets and they have millions of photos, millions of videos, any shape you could think of, gifts, like all kinds of different stuff. And the benefit to a small business owner is you're not having to go to, you know, a stock website and pay $60 for a stock video. You get access to it for no additional cost. So those are kind of my two mind blown things when it comes to Canva for sure. Absolutely. The Kiss My Canva Reels workshop started to cover this. So at the time we're recording this, this was about two weeks ago now. I hosted a Kiss My Canva Reels workshop because a lot of my social media clients, brand design clients, um, they wanted to have these like beautiful reels and beautiful TikToks, but they didn't have a whole library of video. I think people aren't really just like people didn't used to have a ton of photos of themselves pre-Instagram. Um, I think we're at this point where it's like, oh crap, I've got to make all these video assets and I don't have anything to work with. So how can I kind of fill that gap? And and the video assets right there are amazing, but let's get to laying the foundation of great content. Before I work with a client, I have a pretty lengthy questionnaire and then we, we get into, or contact form, and then we get into the really lengthy brand questionnaire because I can't do my job well as a designer if I don't know your mission, your vision, your ideal client, and what the heck you're trying to say, AKA your content. So break down what content actually means because it's kind of a catch-all term. It is. So for me, I obviously focus on organic social media. So any kind of content that I'm producing, typically it's a combination of some kind of visual, some kind of written, and some kind of strategy to point somebody somewhere else. Um, You know, some people can say, especially if you're a blogger, the content they're going to produce is predominantly 
blog post, um, you know, a designer, the content that you're going to produce are going to be visual, uh, visual assets for a brand. So content for me is again, some kind of visual caption that I'm going to post on a social media platform. Um, you know, cause that's the kind of content that I produce and that's the foundation for me. <laughs> Absolutely. So really in a perfect world, as a business owner, if you're listening to this, you'd start with that really foundational work, the mission, the vision, the ideal client, and what that change you're trying to make happen is right buy my service, buy my product, subscribe, whatever that call to action actually is. And then we create the visuals for it. And then with the visuals, you create the content. So that's what Amber's saying, that the combination of visuals plus message, plus copy, plus strategy, the information part, you talk and educate your clients specifically on content pillars or content buckets. Can you tell us what that is in a little more detail? Yeah, of course. So again, most of us are very familiar with like, let me just throw up a photo on Instagram. I'll write some caption and hope people buy from me. Um, there's so much more to a content strategy than just doing that. So the way that I start with my clients, again, very similar to you, I need to know all the basics, mission, vision, who I'm talking to, because there's a big difference if I'm talking to Jane Doe in the Midwest, who has six kids and a big difference between Sally Jane, who's in New York with no kids that's going to matter with messaging and the visuals. And there's so much that goes into that. But the way that I like to align this is through content pillars. And you might have heard of them before, content buckets, content topics, content, whatever. Um, but essentially, it's just a way of categorizing the content that you're putting out. And I attack this a little bit differently than other social media marketers. I align a content pillar to a day of the week. So Monday through Friday, I am talking about something different. And let me go ahead and give my examples. And then I love your content pillars too. If you want to give those to the audience. So I assign my content a topic. So on Mondays, it's going to be content tips. Tuesdays, I'm giving social media tips. Wednesdays, I'm promoting something for my business. Thursdays, entrepreneur tips or business tips. And then Fridays, I'm introducing myself to my audience or building a story, telling a story. Um, so again, I'm not posting any content that doesn't fall with, you know, I'm not going to post about anything fashion related. You know, some people might ask me about my cute top, but that's a DM conversation. I'm not going to go and create a piece of content around my wardrobe. That just doesn't make sense for me, uh, you know, as the kind of business owner I am. It might work for you. That's great. That could be a content pillar for you. But for me, it's not. But yeah, let me hear yours again. Oh my I gosh, I have a perfect example. I think it's a great example to talk about what you won't cover. Um, because when you can be narrow in your topic, it's this fallacy of if I pick a niche, then I'm not going to have that much business. The opposite is true. Is if you can put some bookends on what it is you're trying to do or what you're trying to say, you can actually go much deeper and become an expert in that specific area of expertise. So that's why we're, we're encouraging content pillars and content buckets because it allows you to not only create mental framework for yourself so you're not all over the place with your marketing, but it gives your audience something to really kind of dig into. So for mine, it's branding, marketing, entrepreneurship, travel and lifestyle, and wild card seasonal. And what I mean by wild card is I love pop culture, for example, or I love memes. Like I like kind of being in this conversation of of like red carpet or music or whatever the, the trending thing is. I'm really interested in that. So that's kind of that one. But the one thing I will never talk about is beauty. I am not a beauty blogger. I cannot give you makeup tips. I will not share with you what I'm like, how I did my eye, like who knows? Like I'm sure I still have makeup in my drawer from 2018. Like there's, 
it just, there's no way. And by having really clear content pillars, you can measure if a collaboration is a good fit or not. Do you agree? Yes. There's so many things that not even just collaborations, podcasts that you're going to be on, articles being published about you because, and again, this isn't to say that you could always, you know, post an Instagram story of your dog. Yeah, sure. People will relate to that. Um, But it's more so I've turned down more collaborations and podcasts than I've actually been on because I'm like, that doesn't align with something that I would post as my own content. Like if I'm not going to post it on my own feed, why would I be a part of that? Or why would I write that blog post? Or why would I want to be in that article or things like that? And you can take those content pillars in any aspect of your marketing, you know, the emails that you're writing, the clients that you're bringing in, if they don't align with that stuff, like, you know, it just helps you in business too. So I think it can definitely, your content pillars are more than just content pillars for sure. Absolutely. It helps kind of guide you and give you framework too. Um, We talked about you have content pillars, but then you might also have services. Your services could be one of your content pillars. You say you have a whole day dedicated to promotion, which I'm totally going to steal from you that idea because, because I have loads of things. And and I think that the common question is somebody comes to your social media and says, well, how can I work with you? And there really isn't any more, I think for online entrepreneurship, it's very rare to find somebody that only offers one thing. So I know you have lots of offerings. I have loads of offerings. Explain your thought process and maybe how you ended up with these different tiers of offerings within your business. So I come from, again, the photography world. So I've always been a service-based gal, like one-on-one client work, day in, day out. Um, And now I've definitely, you know, come into that role of that one-on-one client work on a month-to-month basis with social media management uh, through my agency. And it got to a point last year, you know, during the pandemic, I was very fortunate that I grew my business during the pandemic, but it got to a point where I'm like, I'm one person with, you know, a couple team members, but it came to a point where I realized I was trading time for money. And there's only so much time in the day, so many people I could hire. And I don't want to be this big conglomeration. I don't want to be a Gary V. I don't want to be this big time CEO business owner. That's just not in the cards for me, nor do I want it to be. So I had to come to the realization of, I can't take on any more clients. What else is there? How can I grow my business, scale my business? I know there's more out there. And obviously the first place we all go is products, digital products, you know, for you, it might be something different, but for me, I launched a membership. And now that membership has led to other different products to educate social media managers. I was like, cool, this is a fun niche, but I do miss working with business owners. I don't want to get rid of that. I still love the foundation of creating content for social media. So I've really pared down my client list. I got rid of a lot of clients and I'm only working with like top end, very strategic, very high end clients. And I was like, again, I still have this heart for small business owners. I don't ever want to get away from that. So now I have a done with you service. So I have like a done for you, a DIY, and now I have a done with you in the form of intensives, uh, VIP days, whatever you want to call them. So now I have these three different, again, we're going to throw out the word pillars. I have three pillars of service offerings of bringing income into my business, which I think is so important for us to diversify our income as entrepreneurs. Completely. And it seems to be we're both working this hard because I get the sense that you also work your tail off like I do. A lot, yes. <laughs> yeah, and way more than I'd like to admit. So I've always said this on the podcast. I'm not the person to talk to about work-life balance because it's not my strong suit. But there's something really addictive and very motivating about building something. 
Hey, we're going to get back to the episode in just a second, but I had to come in and tell you that there is an Instagram training ready for you on my website. It's 30 minutes long. It's a video, but I'll tell you exactly how to optimize your account to get the most reach, optimize your content so that you're actually reaching your ideal client avatar and create posts that people actually want to engage with. If this is of interest to you, it is linked in the show notes, or you can head over to my website and search kiss my Insta mkwcreative.co kiss my insta is what you're looking for and enjoy the rest of the episode and about building something and not necessarily falling victim to what everybody else is doing and i think about that with course creation like i've people have been asking me to make an online course since 2017 and for me i was like oh that sounds horrible <laughs> yeah i'm the same way I don't think I'm ever going to have that signature course that I charge Me thousands of dollars for. That's just not, I'm not in it. I, that I really, really praise people for that. I can't do it. No. <laughs> it's not for me. For but sure. also, you know what I realized is because I'm not a consumer of courses. I don't consume it. And so I don't understand it. And for me, I'd rather get as much information in a concentrated amount of time that's time sensitive. So I think creating a course about social media management by the time you produce it and put it out there, everything has changed. Everything has changed. And that's why I don't think I'm ever going to produce that social media course. I will, you know, so obviously right now I have a membership, which I'm telling you guys, that is the way to go because you get the foundations of a course. Like you can really teach a lot of stuff that people teach in courses, but because it's social media, I am constantly changing what I'm doing and I can provide those most of the videos in my in my membership are 10 to 15 minutes, sometimes even less. In the workshop that I just launched, 45 minutes. I'm like, I don't have the time for 6 million modules that are going to take me 12 hours, nor do I think my ideal customer, they don't have that time either. So I don't want to produce that kind of content. And I think we've also, maybe you felt this way. I know I have, have kind of fallen victim to, oh, well, so-and-so did this successfully. So that's how I have to do it. And we're both giving you permission. If you're listening to this, that that is not the case. Instead, I think the greatest asset a business owner can have is like trusting their own intuition. So I roll out a new service when five people have asked me for the same thing. <laughs> it's like when five or more people have asked me and I find myself repeating myself, I'm like, all right, maybe this could exist as that evergreen content or as a training or as a workshop. And that's what happened for me with TikTok. I got more than 50% of my leads last year came from TikTok. I doubled my revenue last year because of TikTok clients. So for me coming up with a 30 minute, you know, kiss my loops is what I nicknamed it. TikTok training was so logical, but now I already want to redo it because now there's, I know so much more about TikTok. Yes. You know, so true. Yeah. But now we're not investing the time and energy because I know a lot of course creators they will have hours and hours and hours of video and they will have to re-record it sometimes. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like anything I ever want to do. I was like, it's enough doing my membership. And then again, I think I'll always stay in the workshop foundation or you're going to get five minute videos and you'll get maybe five of them, 10 of them, like whatever that looks like. I can never, that's just me. Yeah. I'm crazy guys, but I can't do the whole uh, big course thing. Yeah. And I'm, I, again, like I have so much respect for the people who can do it and do it really, really well, but it's also a different type of business. And I think you and I are similar in that I, I don't really want to be an educator. Like I really like being a designer. I really like being a designer. I was like, I really enjoy it. I want to bridge the gap eventually. I love the idea. I've done a couple of speaking events. I love doing that. I really do 
like people in my DMs, but I don't ever want to get away from serving people one-on-one. I do thoroughly enjoy that. And I don't ever want to get away from that. I don't want to have just an educational business. I think it's great that there are people that are doing that, but I still always want to have my hand, getting my hands dirty, I guess you could say. Yeah, because there's that that thrill and the energy of like solving a problem for someone. And I think probably if you and I took a personality test, we would be the same. Um, but <laughs> but it's that it's the thrill of the kind of like, this is this business owner's problem. And here's how we're going to, like you said, bridge the gap, solve the problem, reach their audience. Um, But I think that people can feel really distracted or down on themselves that they don't have that signature course. And I've seen from friends and colleagues and, and fellow like people I know on social media is like, sometimes think doing what you think you have to do, you forget why you're supposed to be on social media in the first place. So true. Does this happen with the business owners you work with and how do you help remind them of where to best spend their time? Yeah. So for me, you know, obviously everybody that comes to me is like, I want to get X amount of followers. I want to get this. I want to grow this. And I said, I always continually, this is my one thing and any business owner can take away from this. Whatever goal you have, I ask why. And then so they're like, okay, so I can get swipe up. I said, okay, why? Like, because I want to generate more sales. I said, okay, why? Because I want to grow my revenue to X, Y, and Z. Okay, why? And then they're like, oh, so I can spend time with my kids and not work as much. Perfect. There we go. Now we got down to the root of the problem. And I'm like, okay, that's why you hired me is so that you could spend more time with your kids. We're already solving the problem that you wanted to solve. Um, you know, so it's really breaking down that foundation of, okay, we need to focus on in on creating the content that will bring in the dollars versus focusing on growing your following. If that's not ultimately going to bring those dollars to you or whatever your goal is, this can be applied to anything. I'm like, I would rather create a meme post for you. That's going to generate 10 sales right now. Like I would much rather spend my time on that. Um, so I have to reel people back in a lot, but that can be applied to any business owner that's listening right now. So think of it in that aspect for sure. I had the same moment happen with a social media client who was frustrated that in a month we only grew her following by 40 follows, but she got six new inquiries and two thousand percent increase in her content interactions. I'm like, if you could not pay attention to one metric within Instagram, within TikTok following number, absolutely irrelevant. I think because how you talk to your audience is so much more important. And there are ways to measure that by saves, by shares, by comments. Like if I love the idea of getting rid of likes and I honestly wish we'd get rid of follows other than it's a way to kind of vet if somebody's legit kind of, I was going to say that only kind of matters for maybe me, like as a social media person, I was like, but even then I'm like, I don't even think it matters. Uh, you know, so that's such a good, for me, TikTok, when I knew I had success, I had maybe, you know, obviously had some viral content, had a good increase in followers, hit some big numbers. Um, but the numbers that mattered more to me, I had to turn off on my website. I had to shut down my inquiry list because I had so many people book. I booked up every single discovery call that I could for the entire month. And I had to tell people no. And I was like, that is such a good feeling. And I was like, that's what I want to do for my clients. I don't care about the followers. I don't care about the likes. I care about making you money. I was like, that's the point of social media for you and for us. And I'm like, come on guys, that's what matters the most. And there's a big difference between having an audience and having a target audience. We talk about this a lot because it kind of is that like popular person in high school feeling is like, yeah, they may have a lot of friends, but how many of them are their really, really good friends that like give them good advice and that are trustworthy? Like it's that fallacy of like people are kind of chasing these vanity metrics of like, 
I want to have 10K. I want to have this. I'm going to, once I get this, then I will have sales. No, 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 no. That focus is so backwards. And it's really easy to be distracted by someone's following numbers as measuring that. Do you yeah. run into this with your clients and how do you educate them on, on this specifically? Because we didn't have this as one of our questions, but I think it's a worthy topic. Yeah, no, it's really good. Yeah. So again, it's always educating them around you. You hit the nail on the head and I even bring myself as the example. I was for the vast majority of my business. I didn't have this following. I didn't have any of this, but I would consistently be booking clients that I, my ideal clients that I wanted to work with because I had the foundation there, you know, so I always bring them back to, and I'm like, are you angry or upset with anything that's going on on your social media platform other than the follower count or other than whatever they're looking at? I'm like, are you still hitting your business goals, your sales goals, things like that? Are you still having great conversations? For me, I'm going to try with to the death of me. We'll see how this goes. No matter how big my account gets, I really do try and respond to every DM. I might not make it to every comment, but at least acknowledging people who share my stuff, love my stuff, send me a DM. So I bring it back to my clients in the same way. I'm like, what matters most to you? Is it the connections? Is it sales? Is, you know, so I'm like, that's what we need to focus on instead of the vanity metric that you are obsessed with, unless you're maybe an influencer. And again, that's the whole popularity thing. Even influencers have sometimes the shittiest engagement. And the ones that do it well have a very clear niche and very clear content pillars. They know exactly. I will talk about this. I won't talk about this. I will talk about travel beauty lifestyle. I will not talk about food recipes because I don't know how to cook. Like the people that do that, what it is, there's actually this guy on TikTok and it's going to kill me that I can't remember his name, but he has these very convincing videos and he's basically making a case for influencers. And he's saying influencers are curators of information and social media is a curation of information because now we're in the information age where things getting thrown at us a million miles an hour. We value people that can take information and make it palatable and make content palatable and create, you know, consistency and you know who to go to, to ask for that specific thing. And that person, even though we have this term influencer, that's always existed. Like you're always going to go to your fashionable friend for fashion advice and your foodie friend for what restaurant you should go to for happy hour. It's the same. So what of social media do you feel like like you've had kind of that similar like aha moment or is there something about social media manager that like really gets under your skin like let's get into just like the juicy Ooh, I was going to say for me like um, again it's kind of coming back to that you know when i hit this virality when i gained the followers i did it very fast i won't lie like i'm always transparent about that it happened for me in less than a year and everybody thinks it is slightly unreasonable, but I'm like, you guys don't see the eight years of work behind it. That's the one thing that really drives me nuts with social media is, you know, obviously we get all the trolls in the DMs and they're like, you blew up overnight or da, 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 you're an overnight success. I said, yeah, but you guys don't see the eight years of entrepreneurship behind it. There's been so much that goes behind it. And that's, again, whether you are that person that blows up or you're attacking that person that blows up or whatever that is nobody's an overnight success. So, and I think that's where we need to be careful with social media. Mm -hmm. um, you know, especially, yes, everybody can go viral. Everybody can do this. But I'm like, you guys don't see what goes on behind the scenes. Um, you know, or I, it was, this one is probably just a little, little story time on this of why this drives me insane. I had one big creator. I had talked about, here's ways to go viral on TikTok, just explaining what worked for me. Um, and a big creator, they're like, yeah, but you only have like such and such followers. And I was like, 
your point. And eventually I had my next TikTok, that TikTok that this creator commented on blew up um, and came, you know, gave me quite a bit of new followers. Uh, eventually this creator DM'd me on Instagram and apologized. And he's like, yeah, you do know what you're doing, um, whatever that is. And see, I'm like, you guys, we have to calm it down, simmer down a little bit. <laughs> so that I was going to say is my little juicy thing with social media for sure. And I don't know what it is with TikTok. I love the platform, but for whatever reason, it breeds a different type of troll. They're brutal, brutal. Yeah. And at first on TikTok, and I know this is kind of a little sidetrack. I, um, I used to respond to every comment. I was like, I got to build a community. I gotta... Now I barely respond to any comments and that's not out of me being disrespectful or not. I value my community, um, but it comes to the point where it's going to wear on my own mental health and same for you guys. Um, I'd rather build a relationship in Instagram DMs and that's basically my call to action in every TikTok. I say, DM me on Instagram if you have any more questions because I'm not going to answer them here. I was like, I'm not going to scroll through all these comments because I know somebody's commenting on my appearance. Somebody's commenting on the way I talk, my glasses, and my And on this, the things that. that are irrelevant oh, to what it is yeah. that I'm posting. I think it's, it's wild. My sister gets this as a wedding planner, like my mom, interior designer, myself, brand designer. I mean, my videos I made about Canva, I said, you know, designers like, why are you so hesitant to use this tool? Yeah. And basically I got like called out, like anyone who uses Canva can't call themselves a designer. And I was like, okay, well scroll through my last um, 60 brand design videos and tell me like, if you think I'm legit, but it's hard because you know, you want to engage, you want to defend yourself. You want to defend your hard work, all that eight years of experience. Like you're talking about, it's hard to not to get to do that, but I will never understand people going out of their way to comment on an account they don't follow and be negative. What is up with that? I know. And again, for me, I feel like we're on a tangent, but I love this tangent because I, I, could, I could preach about this all day is that the people, and I, I love to preach about this because I get those business owners are like, they feel defeated and imposter syndrome and this feeds into it. And I was like, the people that are going out of their way to comment on your videos are not either A, happy with themselves, making money the way they want to be making money. And it could be something similar to the way that you are. I've never once had the time and energy to go comment something negative no. on somebody else's video. I am a businesswoman and I'm busy. <laughs> like, no, what's the point? So we we'll always want to preach that. What's yes. the point? And also like, it's that weird tricky thing of like, you don't want to let that impact you. I mean, 10 minutes before we got on this podcast, the same thing somebody told me, like you're an artist that's leeching off of other artists. And I was like, where is this coming from? I don't understand. But also that person is not my ideal client. That person has a private account. That person doesn't have any content on their page. They don't even follow me. So like, they're not my ideal client anyway. Why am I letting anyone who's not positive, amazing, wonderful, like cool to talk to occupy any space, space in my brain at all. It's hard. It definitely takes time. And that, that kind of brings me back into the follower thing. I never had this issue when I had less followers. So you guys, I'm telling you, value the followers that you do have um, because there's times that I miss not having thousands of people watching me. There are times that I definitely miss it. Um, you know, it's obviously brought me great opportunities and will never complain about it. But I miss the community aspect. I, I don't have that anymore. It is so hard for me. It takes a lot more time and energy. So just value what you got. And I promise you, even if you're sad about your 100 followers, if 100 people walked into, let's say you had a store, if 100 people walked in, you would be so excited. Heck yeah. So I'm like, just 
just treat it that way. Think of it in that aspect. Heck yeah. Sure. And such great advice for building a brand as well is like your brand ambassadors, your diehard brand fans. For me, I call it like having that brag worthy, like specialness, right? Like I would much rather have one person be so satisfied and so happy and feel so empowered by what we've been able to work on together than to have, you know, a hundred people that I don't know their name that like are like are either here nor there with what we've been able to do. So I think where we place value is really important. I think you said checking your mental health when it comes to like social media, but putting out high quality content and not letting that derail you from your content. Cause I started slipping down that. I was like, Oh, we're going to fight about Canva. Now I'm going to make three videos fighting about Canva. And I was like, this is not productive. Like this is not helping me. Like I need to get back to what I do best. And, and that's tricky too. So great advice. Great advice. Oh my gosh. Where can everybody find you, follow you, take your workshops, which you have, check out your membership. How can they connect? Of course. Yes. Okay. So you guys can always follow me. My two biggest places are Instagram and TikTok. It's a underscore creative co on Instagram and then just a creative co on TikTok. And then if you are a social media manager and you are listening, I have two things for you. New pricing workshop, which is I give you my pricing and a pricing formula, very different from all the other downloads you've ever had. Or I have um, a membership where you can get new content from me every single month. And then everybody else, um, yeah, if you're if you're a small business owner, head to my website. It's acreativeco.com. I have some wait lists for some really cool things coming out. I don't want to bore you with the details, but you can find details about what those things are uh, and see what fits best for you. So that's kind of where you guys can find And me. make sure you follow Amber because we're already talking about doing some collaborations, maybe some live rooms, maybe some clubhouse things, TikTok things. Um, because if this kind of like business ownership, like, if you were going like, yes, this is what I needed to hear. Like, we're definitely your people. <laughs> I was going to say, we are your people. And yes, I'm so excited for some more collaborations, some content collaborations Heck coming yeah. soon. <laughs> Heck yeah, it's going to be awesome. Thank you, Amber, for your time. And we'll catch you guys next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Don't forget to rate review and follow us on Apple Podcasts or really anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to come on over to the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group, same name as the podcast. And lastly, if you're looking for those resources, links, or anything else we talked about on today's episode, you can find those on my website, mkwcreative.co slash kmapod. Catch you next time.